Happy Tuesday and welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 83 and I'm your host Rachel Anthony. Today's interview is with Mitch Jacobson and he is the co-founder of Rubita, which is a natural energy drink company, which obviously intrigued me because I drink energy drinks and I know they're bad for you. So I thought that this was a good selfish way to remind myself that I should not be drinking them and maybe sticking to a more healthy, natural energy. Um, Mitch and I went to the same high school together. Um, We were never friends. I don't even think we probably ever talked to each other. He was two grades below me. Um, And as you'll hear in the interview, he was only in my school for, I think, a couple months. He was there to play basketball. He's very, very tall. And I think that's why I like remembered him. Just because I, like, I was in grade 12 and we're like, oh, this new kid's coming in, like he's so tall, he's gonna play on our basketball team, we're gonna be amazing. Um, and then he left and I didn't think about it again. But it's just funny how small this world is and everything comes back and just never burn bridges. And always, always just be nice to people. I think that's really the summary of that um, because you just never know who's gonna come back around. That would have been, I graduated in 2010. So probably in like 2009, so literally like 10 years ago, um, he just, we happened to cross paths for a couple months. And now he is back, I'm interviewing him because he started this company. So on the interview, Mitch shares his story of how he's always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, we go from, like obviously we started in high school because that's where I knew him. and. Uh, how basketball worked out and why he ended up in a typical nine to five job in the corporate sector in Calgary and how he took his passion for entrepreneurship and eventually was able to start a company. He also talks about why he decided to focus on energy drinks as opposed to really anything that you could start a company for. Um, We compare big brand energy drinks in terms of marketing and branding as well as the ingredient list to how he's done it differently, um, making it a little more local, healthy, clean energy as opposed to the chemicals that are going into the white monster that I'm drinking. We also talk about, speaking of white monsters, just why I drink the white one as opposed to all the other ones and it mostly has everything to do with branding and marketing and really nothing to do with the actual drink itself. I just really think the white one is cool and I think the black one looks scary. So that is just pure branding and marketing, which I find fascinating. So we do talk about that a little bit and how they have branded Rubida. And he also talks about the ATV booster program that they just recently finished. When you were listening to this, they finished it. They reached their goal within the first week and so they were able to raise way more money than they initially planned on. So they are in full swing of production right now, which is awesome. He also shares his mistakes and roadblocks that happened along the way and his advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. It's an awesome episode. We definitely could have talked longer, but to keep it in the episode range, we had to end it, but I'm sure he will eventually be back on. So. Let's jump into it. Here is Mitch. 
Before we get into the episode, if you're interested in trying Ruvita, which I highly recommend, use the code ALMOSTFAMOUS with one F to receive 15% off your order. And you can go to revitalize.com, which is R-V-I-I-T-A-L-I-Z-E.com and use the code ALMOSTFAMOUS with one F when you check out for 15% off. And now let's actually get into the episode. Do you want to start with introducing yourself and giving us two fun facts? Absolutely. Thanks, Rachel. So I'm Mitch. I'm the founder of Revita Energy Tea. It's a brand new Calgary company we just launched a month ago. Revising blend of tea, organic honey, and vitamins created to restore your day. Really excited to be on this podcast. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Yes, two fun facts. One, you and I actually went to high school together, which I thought was was pretty cool. And we reconnected over social media. And yes. two, I hit six feet tall when I was 10 years old. I was actually literally off the chart at the doctors and they tested me for all these strange things that they thought I had. And it turns out I was just a tall kid. (laughs) Which to go back to your first point is that's how I even remembered we went to high school together is because you were so tall (laughs) because we weren't in the same grade. We just happened to be in the same high school, but you were very tall and you played on our basketball team for like what it wasn't even the season, right? You said it was like, a month or something but you just yeah. happened to be very tall which was very memorable apparently so absolutely i was a, i was a big boy by then <laughs> um and so what did you take in school cuz you're you're not in you have a full-time job so what did you take in school um and was entrepreneurship initially what you had in mind like coming out of high school tell us the story behind that for sure great question rachel so i'm a petroleum engineer by trade i took petroleum engineering at the University of Calgary. As far as always wanting to be an entrepreneur, yes. So ever since I was a little kid, I always had this entrepreneurial bug in me. And what really overtook it was basketball. So I got into basketball and I kind of consider that sport my first failed business because there's so many parallels between business and sport. But when I got into university, I was really passionate about the oil and gas and energy business. And I thought that I was going to be an entrepreneur in the energy space. And it turns out that now I'm an entrepreneur in the energy drink space. That's kind of funny how that all came to be. That is funny. And I'm sure that maybe if you would have graduated at a different time in Calgary's history, you probably would have been an actual energy entrepreneur. Cause I'm sure that was, was that something that caused a different career path or it was just, you happened to get a job um, that was secure. So you didn't really need to, go down the entrepreneur road in the energy space. Really, really good point. So I graduated in 2015, which is arguably probably the worst time ever for a petroleum engineer to graduate. And I did end up getting my dream job with an amazing company that I'm still with today. And I love working there, but just as you know, when you have this, these entrepreneurial dreams, they're always nagging at you and you always want to do something great. And it's just a really difficult time right now in history to be an entrepreneur in the oil and gas space. And so because I had these passions that lied outside of oil and gas, that's really what inspired me to start a business in a totally different industry. But yes, if times were better, if this was booming in oil and gas, I probably would be thinking of more of an energy, conventional energy company or oil and gas company. I'd probably still be involved in that space. And so what made you decide to start an energy drink company? Was there like, did you have different ideas or was that like your first idea and you just went with it? 
Another great question. So just like yourself, I'm sure I've always had pretty good ideas to start a business, but I just never took action, right? I'd, I'd let these, these ideas and these dreams die. And where this idea of starting an energy drink company came from is my best friend when he was 21 years old, I had to drive him to the hospital. He had a heart attack that was partially induced from conventional energy drinks. And so that was something that always bothered me. I thought there's got to be a healthier alternative to this. And then on top of that, I got into the health and fitness space. I ended up competing in men's physique. I seen all these athletes who claim to be health centered and really caring about what they're putting in their body, but we're drinking sugar-free energy drinks full of chemicals and these pre-workouts full of chemicals. So we're saying one thing and doing another. And so when I looked for a healthier alternative, I couldn't find one. And that's really what inspired me to create Revite Energy Tea. Cool. And so you kind of, I guess, gave us a little bit of background of it. So what does the name mean? Where did the name come from? And I know people can't see the logo, but explain to us the logo too, because you told it to me when we were in person. So give us the full story on that branding. Absolutely. So Revita, spelled R-V-I-I-T-A. It's a little unique spelling. It's short for revitalize. And what the definition of revitalize is to imbue with new life and vitality. And that's really what we try to center the brand around is not only a healthy pick-me-up drink that can help you be more productive, that you can feel good about putting in your body, but creating a brand centered around personal development, health, fitness, and being the best that you can be. So I was always sort of in love with that word and what it meant. And that's really where the branding came from. And then as far as the unique spelling goes, so a couple of things, the two eyes in the middle of Revita that actually symbolize unity. So Nintendo, we use that in the Wii, the two eyes are supposed to symbolize like two people. So we, we use that symbolism within our brand name. And then two, the unique spelling of Revita made it a lot easier to get a trademark and the domain name, which as you know, is super important for business. So those two totally. things. Combined. No, that's awesome. And was that your like first name choice? Like, was it, cause you, you have one business partner? Correct. Yes. Correct. And was that kind of, did he see the same value on it? Um, or was it like a team decision or how did you come up with that? Like with a business partner? So that was one of the hardest things that we had to go through was picking the name. So it's, we started this company two and a half years ago. It took that long to get this to market. And our very first name was actually Be Strong Energy. So we went through a ton of different iterations and we learned a lot. And one of the mistakes that we learned early on was don't pick a name and do all your branding and then do the trademark check after. That's not a good idea. So what we did is, <laughs> We invested all of this time and money. Like we had a full design done up with Be Strong Energy. We'd bought in all the domain names. We started building the website. And then one of our business mentors said, hey, did you guys trademark check that? You should probably check. And we did. And our trademark lawyer, this was a year into it, calls us and said, you guys got to start over. Because if you use this name, you're going to have a cease and desist letter within a month. So we went from Be Strong Energy to probably 10 other names in the middle. and we just went, we sat down and, and we made lists of what our core values were and, and revitalized kept coming back over and over and over again. And we just played around with different spellings and eventually came up with Revita. It was a very challenging process. Right. When I'm sure lots of people don't think about that. Cause you're like, Oh, we'll just come up with a name. Like it'll be easy. I'll be fine. And then, and then, like you said, you just get so excited about it that you do everything and don't do the legal checks behind things. 
Yes, exactly. Like that, I'm sure that was a challenge coming up with your brand names, like Almost Famous and Poolside. I mean, I want to say that that was a challenge, but it wasn't. There's no idea where Almost Famous came from. Poolside was come up. I come up with my names in literally 30 minutes or less. That's the rule. So, and I mean, I haven't trademark checked it. So hard to say. I'm sure there's tons of other companies with the name, but um, that's a great question. I'll for have sure. to look into that. <laughs> because you're not a consumer packaged good, it's not as, as big of a deal. So what we learned in the trademark space is they base it on customer confusion. So if there's another consumer good that's called Revita and they're confused now because there's another product called Revita that's considered a trademark infringement. So it's not, oh, okay. not as important in other sectors, but in, in our space, the consumer packaged good space, it's so branding is, is everything. Hard right, less- yeah. <laughs> and I guess people, like, like I said, people don't think about it, especially just as a consumer, you don't know what goes into the names behind all the products that like you just use and buy at the store. Exactly. Exactly. And one of the things we learned, and this was the advice we got from our mentors and trademark lawyers is the strongest brand names are actually the most bizarre names. Like Nike is a perfect example. Like, can you, you know, we're all familiar with Nike, but can you imagine when it first came out, no one would have even known how to pronounce it, right? Like, is it Nike? what is it and because it's so unique it gives so much strength to that brand and that was really where we decided to use very unique spelling with Revita. right yeah that's very true and you did touch on it a little bit um because of like your friend's heart attack and being in the fitness industry but what are some of the issues that you you personally have with the big energy drink companies but that are just issues in general like when it comes to their product their recipe their marketing just in general absolutely great question so I'll start by saying i think the big energy drink companies are they're brilliant companies they've done amazing things with marketing they really do have a great product i just don't believe in the ingredients and the branding so when i look at a say a monster red bull can i can't even understand what half of the ingredients are in those those drinks are and it's just against my personal beliefs and my personal values i want to put good healthy ingredients into my body And so that was one of the things that I identified is there's an opportunity here to create something that has all of the same benefits. So it still gives you a pick me up, but it doesn't have the crash. It doesn't have all the sugar and it doesn't have all these chemicals and and ingredients that I can't even pronounce, let alone understand what they are. And the second thing is I just didn't feel like I resonated with any of the big energy drink brands. So just as an experiment, I actually got a can of monster and I left it on my desk at the office and I can't tell you how many people came by my desk and teased me because as a professional, we just don't drink monsters, right? That's just generally not what their brand goes for. And I thought, what if we could create not only a healthy product, but a brand that people could feel professionals and, and health conscious consumers could feel really proud of caring because it stood for something, stood for personal development and being a good person and taking care of your health. Interesting. That is actually very interesting. I was just like, picturing who I think drinks I mean I personally drink monsters um but I only drink white ones because I don't want to carry around a black can for some reason (laughs) so I thought the white (laughs) ones are like pretty and and the fitness like you mentioned all the fitness like bodybuilders and stuff like I follow a lot of fitness like youtubers and they all drink white monsters so like it seemed cool and now that I'm saying it out loud I'm like (laughs) like I'm so dumb like it just sounds dumb when you like justify drinking it because like you saw someone on the internet drinking it even though I know it's not good for me but the white can seem cool 
What a which great is just, point. Just brand, it's just branding and marketing. Like it really has nothing to do. I mean, it tastes good, but it's not like, like I know it's not good for me, but because of the branding and marketing and like the idea behind the white can, as opposed to like the black scary cans, it's very interesting. Branding is interesting. Oh, it's so fascinating. And that was one of the things we found out really early on is a beverage is actually, because it's portable, it's inherently portable. It's a fashion statement, right? So we buy drinks, whether we know it consciously or not, you know, almost as a fashion accessory, right? So a lot of the reasons why Starbucks has been so successful, right? Is it's a, it's a higher class brand and you have a certain feeling walking around with your Starbucks as compared to a Tim Hortons. And that was something that we really tried to consider and take into consideration when we designed our brand. Right. Well, cause you guys, I mean, people can't see it cause they're listening, but when they go and purchase it, that it's like white and clean and it does have that like health, like, like, I don't want to say like hiking, but like kind of like a grounded, clean, simple branding, which if that's the kind of person that you are. And like you said, like people wouldn't, it has a different judgment then because of the marketing and branding behind it, that it can showcase like a better values than say what like Red Bull or, Mar- or Monster is trying to market. That is exactly right. So we're going after the professional health conscious consumer, people who go to the gym every day, they go to the mountains on the weekend and go hiking. They care about what they're, they put in their body and they want a drink that reflects that. And we wanted people to feel a certain way when they're walking around with a robita. They want to, they feel proud. They feel like a professional. They feel like they're doing something that's good for them. And our brand stands for becoming the best you can be. That's kind of been our tagline is a beverage for becoming the best you you can be. And we're trying to build the brand around that. I love it. And so what was the process like for coming up with the recipe? Because you mentioned like there's obviously chemicals that you didn't want in it, but how did you end up with a recipe that had the right amount of caffeine and energy without the other chemicals, which I'm sure makes it a lot easier to make an energy drink. So how did that all work? Yes. What a wonderful question. And that was the absolute hardest part. So I have this idea to start a healthy energy drink company, let's call it. And I'm an oil and gas engineer. I have no idea what I'm doing. I had no idea how to get started, where to go. And so really for me, just started with a Google search of how to start a beverage company and started experimenting with different ingredients from Safeway. And I crushed up caffeine tablets from Popeye supplement store and screwed around. And the more research I did, the more I understood that it's actually not that efficient to try and create a beverage on your own, unless you're a food scientist, because we don't understand solubilities and chemical compatibilities. And so you're just going to be spinning your wheels for a long time. So what I ended up doing was hiring a food scientist out of Vancouver and they helped me with the formulation. And it took, like I said, a year and a half or almost two years to perfect the formula. And that was because we were avoiding the chemicals. It makes it really difficult to get things to taste good. So we had to go through so many different iterations and we just experimented with different ingredients. So I came up with an initial ingredient list that I got just from my own research. And then we tweaked that as we went along and every month we'd get different samples, taste test it, and then go back to the lab and try different things. So it's a very iterative process. And was it, I know you said you started like two and a half years ago. Was that the entire process coming up with the recipe or how long did that take? Yeah. So the actually coming up with the drink itself was about 
took about six months just to come up with the initial idea and come up with a, a list of ingredients that we could give to a food scientist firm to help us. And then the actual going back and forth with different recipes and ingredients took about a, about a year, year and a half. And it was a brutal, brutal, rigorous, very expensive process, but a lot of fun too, because you're, you're tweaking different things every month and you're really getting to see progress and see how different ingredients work together. And then we, after a long period of time, came up with the great formula that we have today. And what were, like, do you want to touch on some of the biggest challenges and roadblocks that you came up against? Because I'm sure, like you said, like having a food consumer product is different than other products and services. So do you want to just touch upon some of the challenges that you faced um, because of the type of product that you were trying to create? Yes, absolutely. So formulating was the first big challenge. So like we just touched on, when you're not using chemicals, and you want to have a lower calorie drink or 30 calories for a full serving and we don't add any artificial sweeteners or preservatives because we don't believe in those ingredients it's really tough to get something to taste good and still be good for you so that was one of the initial challenges is we tried to formulate it with zero calories because we thought that that's maybe what the health and fitness space would want but what we ended up doing is having to add a little bit of organic honey in to get it to taste great because a zero calorie drink with no artificial sweeteners is to get that to taste good is almost impossible. It's extremely challenging. So the formulation process was really difficult. And then two, being in the beverage space, you have to get a health Canada approval. And this was something I never even considered when I started the business. And when I heard about it, I thought, Oh, that should take what a month or two months. We're using really clean, simple ingredients. Well, it ended up taking 220 days. It was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do in my life. I was writing like 10 page essays effectively about our ingredients and what we were doing. And it was a brutal, rigorous process, but we made it through and we're finally here. But those were the two big challenges was formulating and then the regulatory side of the business. And did you have any like just like overall business challenges or like lessons along the way? Because I know like a two and a half year process, I'm sure there was lots of like running a business, starting a business, things that you learned? Yes. Great question. So the big thing I learned is it's all about trial and error. So I'm a big fan of, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this book, it's called The Lean Startup. It's really a book that Rob, my co-founder and I read early on, changed everything about our business. And the premise of the book is you don't really know what the market is going to want. You're really making educated guesses or hypothesis of what the market wants. So create a minimum viable product, an MVP. So what we did is we, we went to this food scientist firm, they put something together and then we just, just gave it to a whole bunch of people and got feedback. And the feedback that we got from people was very different than what we originally thought people were going to want. For instance, we thought people wanted a zero calorie drink, but what we found out when we tested it in the marketplace was that people didn't see a big difference between 30 calories and zero calories. So we could go and make changes that made our product better. That was actually what people wanted. So what I would recommend to any new business owner is it's all trial and error and you're going to make a ton of mistakes along the way and just keep learning from those mistakes. Yeah, I like it. Well, and like you don't, like you said, you don't know what you don't know until it's you're in the middle of it. So exactly. Um, and you mentioned you had a business mentor. Was that 
something like someone that you reached out to or looked for at the beginning of starting the business or did you come across somebody for help um and would you recommend that for people absolutely so this was something that was a total game changer for rob and i is one thing that we did is we weren't afraid to reach out to people that were running successful businesses and just see if we could get a 10 or 20 minute meeting with them and just get their story and, and see what we could learn and through doing that through some entrepreneur programs here in calgary we actually got connected with a guy who used to work for coca-cola and he helped launch vitamin water into western canada and he's now on our advisory board he's been a great mentor to us so just through being humble and, and reaching out to a lot of different entrepreneurs and trying to get some advice and sharing our ideas with them we were connected with this this amazing man who's ultimately changed the course of our business and has given us so much incredible advice cool and i think like i mean google is a great resource but i feel like someone who has like it's a real person has real experience is always a better option. If, if you have somebody like around you or that you, like you said, like you can reach out to. Exactly. It's a total game changer. And I found that most successful people, they're not used to having being asked their story or asked, you know, how did they do this? And so they actually love talking about themselves. They love telling their story because they very rarely get an opportunity to do it. And so that was something that Rob and I, used early on because we genuinely cared we genuinely wanted to hear these these people's stories and so we would just try and get put ourselves in a situation where we could ask them that and we'd get so much value from from hearing about what they did totally you should start a podcast that's exactly why i started the podcast <laughs> yes so. You so much <laughs> yeah you get all this free business advice for just asking people to tell their stories you are the master of that point. Huh? <laughs> um, and you recently became part of the ATB booster program. So do you want to just walk us through like what it is, how you had to apply for it and um, what your experience with it has been so far? Absolutely. So the ATB booster program, it's, it's an incredible Alberta based program and it's very similar to Kickstarter or Indiegogo. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with that and it's a crowdfunding campaign. So what crowdfunding is, if you're not familiar, is it's basically a way to pre-sell your product so that you can collect revenue up front and then you can help use that revenue to fund your project. So for us, we pre-sold our Revita Energy tea on there. And then as soon as the campaign is over, you collect the funds from those pre-sales and then you're able to put that towards manufacturing and you can distribute your product. So ATV is specific just to Alberta and, and really the Calgary and Edmonton areas. And the ATB staff has just been incredible to us. And the application process is super simple. It's just through their website and then they launch it up on your website and all your friends, family, and anyone in Alberta really or across the country can pre-order your whatever your product is. And it has been a heck of an experience. We, we did really well with it. We actually hit our, our goal. So you have to pick a goal on there. So for instance, your goal could be 5,000 or $10,000 and you have to get that many pre-orders where you don't get the money. So if your goal is $10,000 and you only have 7,000 pre-orders at the end, everyone gets their money back and you don't get anything. So it's really important that you hit your goal. Right. And I think that's a good, like, it's a good start to like how to market your product and is it something that people are looking for? Like it's a good market test um, before you actually get into market. 
Exactly. It's a great way to gauge consumer demand and get feedback from people and really test the concept. And that's been the most valuable part of the process. Totally. And then you also get to see like how good your friends really are, because I feel like lots of people are like, oh, I support you. And then it's like, are you actually going to buy something that I'm producing or are you just going to talk about it? Exactly. Yes, exactly. And we're, <laughs> we're so fortunate that we actually hit our 10,000 goal, $10,000 goal in the first week. So we have some incredible friends and family and, and support. And it took a lot of hustle to do that, but we're so grateful for everyone who came out and, and helped us out. Yeah, that's awesome. And so do you, like, is that because you reached the goal, like, is it done or is there like a timeline or like, what's the next step for that? Like, is there like a day you have to wait for to get the money or how does that work? Yes. Great question. So the campaign lasts from 30 to 45 days. And then once you hit your goal, you can keep pre-selling. There's really no cap to it. So you could go, you know, some people on there have raised 20 or $30,000 when their goal was 10. So we're currently at about, I think, 17 and, and change. And our campaign ends in three days. And then once that campaign is over, we start sending everybody their order. So fortunately, because we hit our goal so quick, we were able to go right into manufacturing and we'll be able to get everyone their orders kind of the first week after our campaign ends. Cool. And so what's your like overall plan with Revita? So now you have the money, you've started manufacturing, like what's your, I don't know if like a year goal, five-year goal, what's your long-term plan? Absolutely. So our first order of business is we want to take care of Calgary. We're proud to be a local company and we want to scale and grow and prove out this business in our city. So we're, we're currently in three stores now and hoping to be in many more. So our next big push here is to get into as many stores as possible, keep growing and marketing within our own city. And then once Calgary is taken care of and we've helped as many people as we can in Calgary with our product and our brand, and we have a formula that works and we kind of know which stores this stuff as well in and how to market it and how to get it out to people. Then we're planning on scaling to the West coast. So Vancouver, Edmonton would logically be our next cities that we'll scale into and then down the road it'll be national and eventually down to the U.S. Cool and so for people most people listening are in Calgary so where what stores are you in Calgary? So Platinum Supplements on 17th Avenue we are located there we're at Passage Studios the yoga studios on 12th Avenue and then we're at Plains Breaker it's a local clothing store in the core mall and we're soon to be on many in many more locations cool can, can people order it online or is it really just like in store yes so at our website www.rviita.com revita.com we have orders there and you can either pick it up for free in calgary or there's a very minimal calgary delivery fee and how has social media played a role in the company's growth? Like, would you say that was mainly how you got the word out or what has been your, your tactics for sharing Revita and getting people like excited to support the booster? Another fantastic question. And the answer is social media has been everything. And we've learned so much just from watching what you do, Rachel, and great content that you put out. Instagram has been our biggest traction channel. So We've just had a ton of engagement and interaction through people on Instagram. We actually started a group hike that has been tremendously successful that we've just marketed through Instagram and had a whole bunch of photographers and local people come out to these group hikes. And that's done everything for our business. So besides that and just sampling at, at retail locations throughout the city, 
as have been our two greatest traction channels so far. And a couple more questions for you. Um, what would be like your, your greatest advice to give people who are interested in starting a business, especially if they are like you are, um, have a, like a nine to five? Yes. So my greatest advice is start today because we all have these big dreams and big goals and big ambitions. And a lot of us have great ideas. We're just too afraid to start because that's where I was. I didn't have enough confidence to get going on some of these ideas that I had that I know in hindsight now would have been successful. And the thing that I did with Revita is I just got going. I took that first step. I ordered a book on Amazon on how to start a beverage business. And I made the goal of just doing one thing a day to progress me towards making Revita a reality. And that one thing a day compounded over time. And even though it took a lot longer than I thought it was gonna take, two and a half years later here, I now have the business of my dreams. So my greatest advice to any entrepreneurs out there who haven't started their business yet is just take the leap, start working on something and do one thing every single day without fail. And you'll be amazed how far you can come in a very short period of time. I love it. That's, I feel like some of the best advice that has been given on here. It's also very like doable, you know, it's not, that's not like an intimidating goal for people, especially if it is, if you really want something to happen, then you have to do something. So get in the habit of doing it, I guess, is what you're saying. Exactly right. You know, for me, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing in the beverage space. I'm an oil and gas guy. I didn't even know anybody in the consumer packaged goods business, let alone the beverage space. And for me, that one thing a day started with a Google search. And then it started with a book I ordered on Amazon. And then from there, it was 10 pages a day of that book. From there, it was writing my business plan. And then it was experimenting with things in my kitchen. And it just compounded from there. So like myself, you can start from a place where you know absolutely nothing about an industry to two years, which really isn't that long of a time, having a company that's being sold in stores. So it's amazing the power of just doing a couple simple things a day. Totally. I love that. And I know you mentioned a couple books already, but what would be a book or podcast that you would recommend to listeners? Yes. So your podcast, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But going along with the concept of doing one thing a day, a book that's really changed my life is called The Slight Edge. Have you read that, Rachel? I have not read it. I've heard about it. haven't read it. Yeah. And I kind of summarized it just there, but it's really the, the point of the book is it's the little things that make a difference the little things you do every day that compound over time and something as simple as reading 10 pages of a great book a day or listening to a podcast like this when you're driving instead of listening to listening to music doesn't seem like it makes a a huge difference in your life over maybe the course of a week or a month but over the course of six months or a year all that information compounds and you can it'll shock you the progress you can make. So that's an incredible book. And then my favorite book of all time is The Millionaire Fastlane by MJ DeMarco. It's, in my opinion, the greatest entrepreneurial book of all time. It really lays out how to be a great entrepreneur and what true entrepreneurialism is, because being a true entrepreneur is about solving problems and helping people and adding value to other people's lives. It's not just about making money. And that was my big takeaway from that book. I love it. I will definitely have to read both of them because I've heard of both, haven't read them, so I'll have to add them to my list. And do you want to, I know you mentioned it already, but do you want to let people know where they can find you and find Revita? Yes, thank you, Rachel. So the best way to interact with us is on our Instagram. 
So our Instagram is at Revitalize. So it's at R-V-I-I-T-A-L-I-Z-E. And then our website is www.revita.com, R-V-I-I-T-A.com. If you reach out to us there, we, we always love connecting with our customers and local people. And I'm always happy to sit down with anybody for a coffee and share my story and we can learn from each other. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. I'm glad we mentioned this before we started recording that it's been a struggle from my end to get this <laughs> recorded. So I'm glad that we finally figured out a time to get you to be able to tell your story. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's truly an honor and I really appreciate your podcast and the platform that this gives to local small businesses. It's a great opportunity and just such an honor and privilege to be here.